Wednesday is Halloween. And that means that there are going to be plenty of kids and plenty of adults dressed up uh, in their favorite costume. Uh, in fact, at Trunk or Treat last night, we saw a whole bunch of costumes. And it started actually this weekend. Friday night, there was a Trunk or Treat uh, in Liberty Hill. Yesterday, there were two Trunk or Treats in Liberty Hill. And today, there's a Trunk or Treat in Liberty Hill as well. Uh, so the festivities have begun. And I've seen all kinds of costumes. Uh, if you were out last night at the Trunk or Treat, you saw about 200 costumes walking around. Uh, all different kinds. From Darth Vader to Elsa to, uh, what else we see, Buzz Lightyear, uh, all of the Star-Lord from Star-Lord and, and Marvel characters, you name it. Uh, we even saw Michael Myers uh, from Halloween, the movies. Uh, you want to talk about a scary mask, uh, that's the one that probably haunts me the most. The only thing that scares me more is when a, an adult wears... Uh, an animal mask without the rest of the, the animal co- costume. For some reason, the, that just terrifies me. Uh, but not all masks are scary, right? Some masks are helpful and useful, like this one. That's me and Anne on an airplane, and we're getting ready to fly, and Anne has a medical mask on. Because why? What we discovered is, uh, and got, I don't know if this is a routine or what, but we, we flew for like six times in a row, and six times in a row, and we get off the plane the next day, have a cold of some kind. She would be, have runny nose, sore throat, cough, something. So she finally said, that's it, I'm wearing a mask. And she brings wipes with her too, disinfectant wipes, and wipes down the seats, and the armrests, the table, everything. Uh, but that mask is important because it, it, it's not scary, but what it does is when she breathes in, all that bacteria in the air gets filtered out and she only breathes in clean air. I guess it is scary a little bit because on Southwest flights, when you can pick your seats, people are walking down the aisle and, and nobody ever wants to sit next to the girl wearing the mask. And so there have been plenty of times where we've had just a whole row to ourselves because nobody wants to sit by us. <laughs> uh, so she puts that on and plays that card too. But is it, doesn't this picture kind of describe the world in which we live here in America where we're very concerned about bacteria. We're very concerned about contaminations in the air. Uh, we're very concerned about germs. And so people are going to all natural things. They, they wipe things down. Uh, we're always washing our hands, which is a good thing. Uh, but we're very concerned about the physical bacteria, bacteria living in the air. But I wonder if we're concerned at all about the spiritual bacteria in the air. What mask do we have on our hearts that filters out the spiritual bacteria that comes out at us every single day? What do we filter everything through as we breathe in the spiritual air that is all around us? Because here's the thing, physical bacteria, we see it in, in, in the side effects, right? As it comes in and contaminates our bodies, we get that cold, we get the runny nose, we get sick, we see it. Spiritual bacteria comes into our bodies and takes root in our hearts, and we generally don't see the side effects until it's too late. See, that spiritual bacteria will, will take root in our heart and just continue to drag us further and further away from Jesus until it's absolutely too late. 
So what's that mask that we have on our heart that filters that spiritual bacteria away from us? We're going to look at a, a city today, uh, a Christ, Christians living in a city called Berea. And if you've never heard of the Bereans, uh, that's okay because there's three verses in all of Scripture that talk about the Bereans. And it's the three that we're going to look at today. It's in Acts chapter 17. Uh, Paul, he's a missionary. And around 50 AD, he's on a second missionary journey. He he comes to first a a city called Thessalonica. It's right here on the map. So you've got Jerusalem down over here. He comes up this way and over. And right there is where Thessalonica is. Paul gets to Thessalonica and he does what he always does. And he he goes to the synagogue. He opens up the Old Testament and he says, Look, here is the truth. Jesus had to die and He had to rise again. He's the fulfillment of all of your Old Testament Scripture. And there was a core group of people that believed that. Uh, and you may know that in, in the New Testament, Paul wrote two letters to that core group, First and Second Thessalonians. But the majority of Christians living in... Th- or, I'm sorry, the majority of people living in Thessal- Thessalonica completely rejected what Paul had to say. They may have said things like, well, that's not what my parents told me. Well, that's not what the Roman government says. In fact, the Roman government is about to outlaw Christianity. They may have said, well, that's not what my church teaches. They may have said, well, well, that's not what I want, what I desire. That's not what I want to hear. And not only did they reject Paul and say, I don't want to hear anymore, but they actually said, Paul, we're going to kill you. And they tried to. And so Paul escapes and goes to Berea. And that's where we pick up in Acts chapter 17 this morning. Uh, You can follow along in your worship folder or up on the screen here. As soon as it was night, the believers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. As a result, many of them believed, as did also a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek men. The book of Acts was written by uh, Luke, the same guy who wrote the Gospel of Luke, that biography of Jesus. And notice what Luke says about the Bereans. They were of more noble character than the Thessalonican people, the Thessalonians. Why? Well, because they were more open-minded to what Paul was saying. But open-mindedness doesn't mean I just believe whatever I hear, right? Uh, That's somebody without any filter whatsoever. That's the person who goes on on the internet and believes whatever they read. Uh, We Google it, and we can Google a lot of false information and and believe it. That's not who the Bereans were. They didn't just believe Paul because Paul said something was true. Instead, they had a, a filter. But it wasn't their parent filter, it wasn't the government filter, it wasn't uh, their emotions, it wasn't the church. Instead, the filter was God's Word, wasn't it? Paul comes in and he starts preaching about Jesus and they said, whoa, hang on a second, Paul. What does God's Word say? And so Paul says, look, Jesus had to die, he had to rise again. And they said, hang on, Paul, I hear what you're saying, I'm open to it, but let me see what Scripture says. What does God's Word say? 
Paul, I, I hear what you're saying. I don't need to go down to the temple and, and sleep with a prostitute in order to worship God. I get that. I hear what you're saying. But let me see what Scripture says. What does God's Word say? In everything that Paul said, in everything that they heard, it was always, what does God's Word say? And this is important. Because we're talking about what mask we're wearing on our hearts, right? What's that filter that we filter out the spiritual bacteria of the world? Because here's your first point this morning. A contaminated heart comes from a holy filter. A contaminated heart comes from a holy filter. Unless if we're somebody that believes everything we read, we have a filter on our heart. And I don't think that's describes any of you. I don't think any of you just say, I read it, I hear it, it must be true. And so we all have filters on our heart that determine what we believe and what we don't. What gets through and what doesn't. And if we have a holy filter, an imperfect filter, one with holes in it, spiritual bacteria is going to get through and take root in our heart. And this is important, especially as we consider uh, big time questions in our life, like, who am I? What's my purpose here on earth? What's my relationship with God? What's my relationship with others? If we have a holy filter, spiritual bacteria is going to get into our hearts and take root and lead us away from Jesus. So again, what's the mask that you have over your heart that filters what you hear? Is it your parents' filter? Is that what goes on your heart? Well, that's not what mom would say. That's not what dad believes. This is what dad believes. This is what mom believes. Therefore, this is what I'm going to believe because he or she believes it. That person's always asking, what do my parents say? Do you have your government mask on? Well, I'm a Republican. I'm a Democrat. I'm a Libertarian. What, what, do, what does my government say? What does my party say? on this issue, on this topic. And whatever they say, that's what I'm going to believe. What does my government say? Do we have the superstar mask on, on our heart? For that one, I actually picture like uh, a superstar's face that covers our heart. Uh, whether it be Leo DiCaprio, Lady Gaga, uh, Taylor Swift, Kanye West. And, and whatever that superstar says... That's what I'm going to believe. Whatever they endorse, that's what I'm going to trust and believe. I know you guys are smirking, but people do this. <laughs> Is it the mask of church, of pastor? Well, my pastor says this, and you're telling me this, so I'm just going to believe pastor. The one that we wear the most, though, is the emotional mask, isn't it? What do I want? What do I feel? What do I want to believe when it comes to this specific issue? And that's what I'm going to believe. That's what's going to filter through. Do you know what the problem is with each and every one of these masks? They're all filled with holes. Why? Because every single one of those masks are flawed, imperfect people. We all are flawed, and everyone else is flawed too. And, and so if we filter what we hear through people, 
Spiritual bacteria is going to get into our hearts, and we're going to be, have a contaminated heart. So how do we get a healthy heart? A healthy heart comes from a holy filter. A healthy heart comes from a holy filter. The Thessalonians did not use God's Word as their mask that guarded their heart. And what happened? They pushed Paul away. They pushed the truth far away from them and even tried to kill Paul for spreading the truth. The Bereans were different. And everything that the Bereans did, they said, what does God's Word say? Why? Because like Paul said in 2 Timothy, Scripture is holy. It is God-breathed, inspired, and it's the only truth that we have in this world. Truth that's been true for thousands and thousands of years. Cultures have come, cultures have gone, people have come, people have gone, and yet God's truth remains the same across all generations. And so it is the, this that is the only thing that we have true, and this is why we take the truth so seriously. This is why it means so much to us. This is why we want it to guard our hearts, because it's the only truth that we have. And so if that's the case, how come a lot of times we don't want to wear that mask? Why is it that sometimes I want to take that mask off and put it aside? Well, if I wear the truth of God's mask on my heart, what does that mean for me? It means I don't get final say. It means that I can never take the emotional mask and put it on my heart and say, well, this is how I feel about this. This is what I want to believe in this situation. No, I always have to go back to what does God's Word say. And so how how would this look in our life if, if we have God's Word on our heart and that's the mask we wear? That means that when when it comes to holding grudges, I can't say, Well, I want to hold a grudge. Instead I have to say, What does God's Word say? That means that after a really hard week, I can't go into Friday night and say, I'm just going to get drunk. And then wake up the next morning and say, well, I really needed that. No, I have to say, what does God's Word say? That means that when it comes to my relationship with my spouse, I can't just divorce my spouse because I simply fell out of love with them. No, I have to say, what does God's Word say? When it comes to my priorities, my uh, resources... My time. I have to always say, what does God's Word say? When it comes to gender, when it comes to sex, when it comes to any topic you're talking about, it has to come, always comes back to, what does God's Word say? And I don't always like that. I'm sure you don't either. Because I like to do what I want to do. I like to feel how I want to feel. And if I'm always going back to what does God's Word say, well then, like Paul says in 2 Timothy, I'm going to get rebuked. I'm going to get corrected. And I don't like that. So why would we ever want the truth of God's Word to cover our hearts? Why would we want that to be the mask that we wear? Well, we could sit and we could talk about how it's true. 
We could sit and, and debate about how the Bible was formed. We could sit and, and wonder uh, about the, the truth that it has for our life and how to interpret it and all that. We could do all of that. But really, what's behind every single issue is the authority aspect, isn't it? If I wear the truth of God's Word on my heart, that means God gets the final say. And why should I trust that? Well, that's because when we open up Scripture and examine it, what do we find? We don't find a God who's looking to lord His authority over you. We don't find a God who's a drama king and we don't know what His mood's going to be. We don't find a God who wants us to bow down before Him and grovel at His feet and kiss His feet and beg for mercy. We don't find that either. Instead, when we open up God's Word and we examine it, we find a God who loves us unconditionally. We find a God who loves us so much that He sent His own Son to this world to live for us, to die for us, to rise again for us. Imagine for a second that your worship folder didn't have any of the service on it today. Instead, it's filled with all of the dark things that you have thought in your life and that has crossed your mind and has made it to your heart that nobody else really knows about. Imagine those dark thoughts for all of us to read. How do you think the person sitting next to you would respond? Do you think they would maybe distance themselves a little bit? The truth is, God knows every single one of those things. He knew it as soon as it crossed your mind, as soon as it entered your heart. He saw it. He knows it. And yet God doesn't scoot away from you. As we examine Scripture, what do we see? We see Jesus say, oh yeah, I know all about these. I know about that one. I know that one. I know this one and that one. And guess what I've done for all of them? I paid for them all. I died on the cross for that one, this one, that one. All of these, they were paid for on the cross when I died. You're forgiven. So take your list, burn it, shred it, uh, crinkle it up, throw it away, rip it up, whatever you got to do. Erase it. Because all of those things, all of those mistakes, all of those flaws, they're gone. They're not attached to you anymore. This is the God that we find in the Bible. We find a God who's not looking to, to uh, have authority over us and, and lord it over us. We find a God of love. A God who cares for us. A God who's looking out for us. A God who wants us in heaven. A God who's taken our contaminated hearts and have made them healthy and holy once again. This is a God that says, Wear the mask of my word on your heart, and I will guard and protect your heart until that day when I bring you to my side in heaven. Merrily was a, a faithful churchgoer her entire life. She was a, a, a Christian teacher for a few years as well. And one day, uh, after a little while of having some health issues, Merrily went to the doctor to get some tests done. And there she sat in the doctor's office, nervously waiting for the doctor to come in. The doctor finally knocked on the door, came in, and, and he said, Merrily, I've got some bad news. You've got pancreatic cancer. It's terminal. There's nothing we can do for you except make you comfortable. Her pastor went and visited her that day. And as he walked in, he, he didn't exactly know what to say. And so he finally just asked, Merrily, what are you thinking right now? And she looked at him and said, Pastor, this is the day that God has prepared me for my entire life. 
Notice what she didn't do. She didn't say, God, how could God do this to me? If God was loving, He wouldn't give me this cancer. If, if God really loved me, how come He's not going to uh, let my family have a mom right now? No. She said, this is a day that God's been preparing me for. Why? Because she had that mask of God's Word on her heart and all of that spiritual bacteria that came at her got filtered out. Instead, she knew as she examined Scripture that God loved her. She knew that He had taken her sins away. She knew that He rose from the dead and promises that she too will rise from the dead. She wore that mask of God's Word on her heart, filtering out that spiritual bacteria until the day that God called her home to be by His side. And that's where she is right now, in heaven. This is why we take God's truth so seriously here at at Divine Savior. It's because it's God's Word that protects our hearts. It's God's Word that that filters out that spiritual bacteria. And, And it's God's Word that tells us just how much God loves each and every one of us. It's God's Word that answers those big questions in life, right? Who am I? Why am I here? God says, you're my child. And you're here to grow closer to me and declare my praises. Grow closer to me so that one day you will be by my side and declare His praises to all people that they too may know of my love and be by my side. May God be with us this week as we wear that mask of God's Word on our heart, as we filter out the spiritual bacteria, and God continues to transform our lives both now and forever. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we thank You for the truth of Your Word. We thank You that You guard our hearts uh, so that uh, all the spiritual bacteria gets filtered out. Help us to uh, love Your Word, to love it as the mask that guards our heart, and give us the humility to, to trust You and, uh, and know that You have control and that You are not looking to lord it over us, but that You love us. Be with us today and always as we treasure Your Word. Amen.